I can turn me hand to anything, and I will. I don't mean that so you can put your slobbering tongue back in your mouth if it'll fit. Look at me hands. Look. If I turn them up that way, don't they look delicate? Don't they look? I'm not talking to you. I get that from me dad, you know. He was a delicate man. He just needed all that drink to weigh him down so as he wouldn't blow away. You can feel them if you like. They are clean. I keep them clean no matter what. Go on. Have a feel. Not you. There's not enough soap in the world to wash off the legs of you. So, if you look at them that way, I could be like a parlour maid or a seamstress or something like that. And now, look. Now you're looking at a girl who knows how to hold a spade the right way up. <laughs> and I have a brain in me head. Not like him. If a pigeon had his, it would fly backwards. I'm off to the end of this boat to watch the last of these shores slip away. And if there's any tears in my eyes, it'll be from the wind. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. And he did too. Play all the way from Dublin to Liverpool. Well, most of it. Except when the waves were coming up over the deck and he'd hug it like a baby with his back to the weather and wrap it in a bit of tarpaulin. Never said a single word. He can soar out a tune though, I'll say that for him. Not just that diddly diddly ding nonsense they're all so fond of. Real music too. Quite lovely at times. We could hear from our cabin. Sometimes they sing in their own language. necessitate a deck passage. There was talk that he had allowed his tenants to stay rent-free throughout the famine years and, well, one does not need to be an expert in economics. So he's certainly given us something to speculate about. Helped pass the time. Mad as a fiddler's bitch, mind you. They must all be daft if you want my opinion. Daft are desperate. I mean, God knows what they're trying to get away from to put up with a voyage like that. All deck passengers to disembark now. Huh? Get off the boat. <coughs> I've never set foot beyond Dublin docks myself. I mean, look at them. They're no enticement to set foot beyond the pale. 250 deck passengers. Could have got more on, but the captain said no. We don't want another SS London, Debbie, on our hands. Don't know what the company will have to say about that. Drop the fares and pack them in. That's the policy. 
Not that many of those lot will be paying for themselves. I have said to my husband many times that there is no guarantee that they will spend their one shilling and sixpence on a passage. But what else can one do? If they cannot pay their rent, they cannot stay on our land. We do not want to end up like the fiddle player, do we? And the poor relief system in Ireland is, well, to be frank with you, punitive. Their only choices are beggary, theft, or starvation. So it is a matter of common humanity that they are given the means to find a place where they may fare better. Although, well, I came up on deck to get some air, and I saw them huddled together by the funnel, soaked through. Do you know, there were 50 or so pigs given a space below deck. I remarked to one of the crew that the animals are accorded better treatment than those poor wretches. Well. Pigs are more valuable, mistress. Somebody wants them. Stanley Doyle, 26, pauper, Roman Catholic, melancholia. Michael McCauley, 60, widower, Roman Catholic, intemperate. Helen Tarbuck, 33, farmer's daughter, Roman Catholic, mania. Tears if one must. 
to have act any other way is madness. What are we going to do with all the lunatics? Seems every second Irish man's insane. Are things so different over here? Is our fair lamps so quaint and queer? It sparks a fever in the foreign brain. We've always had so. Our homegrown mad so. Our system simply cannot take the strain. Our system simply cannot take the strain. The problem is not the Irish. To talk about the Irish makes as little sense as to talk about the English or the Welsh. What gives these newcomers to our cities and our towns a degree of homogeneity is their poverty. Nicholas Thorpe, Liverpool Mercury. Yes? I've come about the position, Mrs. Parlourmaid. I'm afraid you are not suitable. Might I ask why not? Good day to you. All I was thinking... They're divided, as are the indigenous poor into the industrious and the feckless. Those with some pride and a little hope, and those whom disease, despair and humiliation have left bereft of all dignity. Good grief. Not another little bridey. Uh, my name's not Bridget, sir. What? Bridey is short for Bridget. My name Well, is... you're all brideys and paddies to me. And I don't want to have to be counting the silver every night. Go on. May I ask where you read the advertisement? I was told about the position, Mrs. Ah, so you are not literate. Madam? It means you cannot I know read. what it means. It's the position of scullery maid I came for. This is an Anglican household. Had you been able to read the advertisement, you would have known that. And yet, we lump them all together, not just in our minds. Ask anyone in Liverpool where the Irish live and you will be directed to a miserable slum, which will have you backing away in horror and fear for your purse, your health and your mental well-being. A job? Doing what? This is a dockyard, not a farmyard, miss. Oi! Over there with the rest of them stats! I can do any kind of work. Look at these hands! I don't need to look at your hands. I can tell by your, your shoulders you know Stevedore. Mm, no scullery made either, so I'm told. You see them buildings over there? They're receiving sheds. You go there till they find a place for you in the workhouse. No! Not that one! Oh, I didn't come here to throw myself on the parish! I could have done that in Ireland! I came here to work, and I will if I have to walk me legs down to me arse bones to do so. Cotton mills. You want to head inland, make for Preston, go to Hanover Mill and ask for Benjamin Plummer. Tell him Whispering Albert sent you. <gasps> Whispering Albert. Oi! Bonehead! <laughs> Got it. Thanks. Hey, 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 hey. When was the last time you went? Well, what's that to do with you? Just a bit of bread and lard. Long walk to Preston. <laughs> now, do you know what's in that crate? Ah! What are you looking at? Oh, and get your soppy donkey eyes off this. Oh, you don't beg from the poor, you idiot. Well, I've seen you before. Are you following me? You better not be following me. Ah, you were on the boat. I saw you and heard you. 
Are you simple? Yeah. You're simple, aren't you? Well, you're better off that way if you want my opinion. Now go on. Go And play that thing till they throw some crust to get rid of you. Go on. Which is the way to Preston? Do you know the way to Preston? I don't know what I'm going to find when I get there, but it's bound to be better than this place. Friendless hole. Well, nearly. Patrick Burns, 25, single, no occupation, Irish. This patient is quite imbecile. John McGee, 48. Single, beggar, Roman Catholic. This man is suffering from dementia and general paralysis. David Alexander, <coughs> Irish, Roman Catholic, age 29. An advanced case of dementia and general paralysis. Very hopeless case. Ah, oh, uh, now, this window affords a particularly fine view of no our bars, I see. Well, no. Rainhill Asylum has been designed according to the principles established at the retreat at York, and of course Hanwell. And they're allowed to wander out there, are they? Well, fresh air and exercise are considered really Oh, I hope you wish you were more with a compass. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I see. It's very droll, Mrs. Um... Radcliffe, dismissed, but you can call me matron. Quite. Uh, I believe your previous employment was at... Workhouse, Brownlow Hill. Ah, well then you'll be our first transfer. I beg your pardon? A jest, you see. Uh, workhouses are now required to transfer their pauper lunatics to an asylum within 14 days. I am neither a pauper nor a lunatic, Dr Carstairs. Well, no. I didn't mean to imply that. As I say, a joke. Ah, well, you know, jest to the select vestry. It'll cost a sight more to keep a pauper here than it will at the workhouse. Yes, but, but the facility. And a lot here. of the workhouses have had to shell out to build new wards. There's a lot of lunacy in Liverpool, Doctor. Oh, that is why Rainhill has been built, a place where there And a are... cost of transfer from there to here, well, they'll be wanting to keep hold of the mad, will the workhouses? Yes, but transfer to an asylum such as this one, where there are specialist facilities, dietary regimes, not to mention the Expertise? Expert... You have. It maximises the possibilities of effecting a cure. Hmm. You'll have a fight on with the parish medical officers. They'll be wanting those they're pronouncing curable to stop on at the workhouse wards, I'm telling you that for now. I do not hold with the notion of incurability, nurse. Is this your man... first job? Treat a man as rational and he may become rational. Treat him as a lunatic and he will remain so. This is your first job, isn't it? That may well be the case, but... Do you I... want to know what I believe, Dr Carstairs? Well... <laughs> a man does not set out to be poor or mad, and it's certainly no crime to be born Irish, but in the workhouse... That's how you're made to feel. And I don't hold with that. Absolutely. But I don't see what the Irish have to do what? with any of this. Do you not have any idea how many Irish there are in the lunacy ward of the workhouse? Well, I... No. <sighs> this place is lovely and spacious. And in a few years we'll be clamouring for them to take some of them back. Oh, listen to that. Make the most of it. Don't get quiet like that at the workhouse. Or working in the mill, for that matter. Have you ever worked in a mill? Oh, you're not from round here, are you? Time for work! Sun's up! Yes. 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 Yes.
Jenny go round and Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and kick the ends of mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and kick the ends of mill. Jenny go round, Jenny go round, duff the cops and grill the roving. Jenny go round the mill. It's eighty-five and Lily's sweating. Jenny go round, Jenny go round. Until nutsy one, till sun is setting. Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and keep the ends up blue. You don't get paid to eat the sleep. You don't get paid to eat the sleep. You don't get king and labour's cheap. You don't get paid to eat the sleep. You don't get king and labour's cheap. There's not for bread for love, the last. While on the stack of heaps of brass, there's not for bread for love, the last. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and keep the ends of blue. first day. Mules. I thought surely to God they don't keep donkeys locked up in these places. Why not though? They keep us locked up in them for 13 hours a day, eh? There's a couple of fellas over there. Don't look around. I think it's alright. I don't think they've seen me. But I have to be careful. They're looking for me. But I am not going. I am not. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's the dust. Cotton dust. Doesn't it affect you? Can't be good for you. That or the heat. Oh, listen to me. Moaning. Don't want to be moaning. I have work and a roof over me head. Never mind that it's the same roof that's over a couple of dozen other people. But there's towns in Westmead with fewer people in than in my house. It's not what I was... I don't know what I was hoping for, but it wasn't the smell of other people's shite, I'm telling you that. I'd love to smell the sea. Oh, at least Liverpool. Well, it wasn't the Garden of Eden, but it had the sea. Oh. We used to live by the sea when I was a gosser, and then, well, we had to leave. And now, if you were to stick a pin in the middle of Ireland, you'd find it sticking out of my dad's backside. <laughs> but I can't go back to Liverpool. So it's cotton or nothing, huh? Yeah. Back to work! Jenny go round and Jenny go round and Jenny go round the mill. Jenny go round and Jenny go round and keep the ends of blue.
Fahey, 60, peddler, Irish, admitted 9th of January, labours under the delusion that there are five men on the watch to murder him, that he can hear them talking and plotting, but he can't see them. 1856. Patients admitted. Major Asylum. Total 91. English 49. Irish 33. Well, Scots and Manx in total nine. Almost half, Matron. Do you realise that almost half our patients are Irish? What did I tell you? Liverpool's on the doorstep. Mills are up the road. You want to know what I think, Dr. Carstairs? Well, I am rather... I Disappointed. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I suppose I could... Not share. me. Them. So what's up with them? Well, most of them. The Irish. They're disappointed. Our treatments take time. They can't all be expected no, to be... No, no, no. It's what they come in with. Disappointment. You can call it melancholia. You can call it dementia. I mean, you can call it general paralysis. But they don't get that at home now, do they? That's hardly a scientific analysis. That's what you said. Did I? Oh, well, yes, yes. General paralysis is more associated with urban conditions, that's I true. Mean, I'm not talking about the ones with mania. The violent ones. The ones that hear voices. I mean, half the blame for that can be found in the public houses and the wobble shops. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a wobble? Uh, what is a wobble? wobble? Well, you don't know what a wobble shop is. Well, I... no. It's where they buy illegal drink. You find them in some of them lodging houses. They make it themselves, out of potato peelings. So, uh, you have been to one of these wobble shops? No. No, uh, of course not. I am sorry. Well, I mean, they come over here because, well, they've been led to expect that they'll have a better chance. So when a fella can't feed his family, and he doesn't know if he can afford the rent on the one room in a stinking slum he lives in, He's no better off than he was before he came. So how do you think he feels? Disappointed. Exactly. And he looks around him and he's surrounded by it. Disappointment. <laughs> they all get shoved in the same couple of streets, whatever town they're in. You do know that, don't you? Well. I see a disappointment and he's drowning in it. <laughs> Not to mention those that have been overseas to America. Well, Mr. O'Flint, I don't know how they talk over there. You appear to be a lunatic, but we are not going to try and cure you. Oh, no. We're going to stick you on a boat and send you back to Liverpool. I tell you something, Dr. Carstairs. If I had set off around the world looking for hope and ended up in Bootle, I'd be disappointed. Oh, if you don't mind, I've got work to do. It is not only isolation from kin and the support of community that has such a detrimental effect on the wandering Irish. It is the physical environment in which they find themselves. And God knows, it's hard enough to be born into any of the desolate slums that surround our industrial and mercantile centres, but to find oneself, as it were, transported there. The yearning this engenders, not just for place, but for home for the landscape, it transcends mere nostalgia.
February 17th, male, age approximately 45, disorder, mania, physical conformation tall, rather thin, nutritive condition, poor. He's taken away to the madhouse, that violin fella, the one in the wobble shop, and I didn't feel sorry for him, I'm telling you that, for he's one of them, been watching me all the time since I left Dublin. Only he's not very good at it. I kept seeing him. Huh. On the boat, in Liverpool, and now here in Preston. And that Benjamin Plummer fella, he's in on it too. Huh. Well, he says more than his prayers. I've seen them looking at me. He was the one whispering outside my window the other night. That is why I was in the wobble shop. Didn't want to go back to that stinking house. Well, I wouldn't normally. And I'd never touch a dropper. I've seen what drink can do. My dad would suck the stains from a barmaid's apron. Name. Assumed from correspondence found in pocket of his coat to be Edmund Kerivan. Occupation. Musician. Apparently. Certainly will not be parted from his violin. You often get music coming from those places, so I didn't pay much attention. It changed. 
I mean, credit where it was due, it was beautiful. It made you think of... And that's when I knew it was him. He stopped playing and he started staring straight at me. And I swear to God, if it hadn't been for that other fella swiping the violin from out of his hand. Mild as a lamb has been since they were brought here. Well, that's how they are. They can switch just like that. And they were like a snake by all accounts. For speed, that is. More like a wolf with a cub for fierce. He was twice as big as the fiddler. <laughs> and nasty, I knew him. Well, knew enough to stay out of his way, I'm telling you that. But the fiddler had him by the throat and he would have stuck the bore right through his eye to where his brain should have been if he hadn't given him his violin back. Sure. It's his only friend. State of the pulse and general circulation. Nothing remarkable. What am I to do now? They're all in on it. Him, Benjamin Plummer, that fella, the docks in Liverpool, they are just waiting for their chance. They'll not get their chance, I'm telling you that. Nor you! I've seen you, I know you! Stay away from me, I am warning you! Oh, tell you, I had to laugh when Carstairs tried to get him to put that fiddle down. It's the only thing he makes a sound with. Not even I can get a word out of him. It's going to be a challenge for these doctors and their regimes. Well then, a course of emetics for you, sir. That's what we shall try first. There's no wrong with his bowels. You're regular, aren't you? It's regular. Well. There must be some lack of healthy tone in one or more of his digestive organs. You know as well as I, Matron, that in the vast majority of cases there are at least a few. He eats like calls. a horse. Well, nevertheless, we must continue with the administration of medicines. They act, Matron, as a cordial of hope in the mind of the patient, as Mr. Bakewell wrote. He, the patient, is made to believe that the means for his recovery are in use. Now, Mr. Caravan. You answer to that name readily, sir. Good. Good. Yeah, well, the dog will answer to Kitty if you say it often enough. Our patients are not animals. No, not the yard doctor. The folk and the lunatics else, they wouldn't be here. But each one's different. And I don't know whether he's daft or devious. That's what we're trying to ascertain. <sighs> Dr. Carstairs, I believe in what we do here. I do. You, what do you call it? Moral management. Yeah. Well, it's not my thesis. But how are you supposed to reward rational discourse when there's no discourse at all? How do you admonish rambling with the silence? Reinforce the sociable elements of his behaviour. The playing at weekly dances, for example. You yeah, were doing that well before he came here. Perseverance, Matron. Perseverance. We have successes. We affect cures. Oh, Have you read today's paper? Should take a look. The workhouses in the county of Lancashire, many of which until the last year contained numerous cases of insanity in its various forms, more especially of dangerous epilepsy and idiocy, have now been in most cases relieved. Yeah, read on, fair look. 
The vast majority of patients transferred, however, were chronic and incurable. Only 12 out of 222 patients transferred into Rainhill Asylum from other asylums and workhouses in this year afford much hope of recovery. Opinion, matron, that of a Liverpool Mercury Dr. journalist. Dr. Carstairs! reputable establishment. You're a good man, sir. And these lunatics, well, they're lucky to have you. We all do our best. But have you ever seen the tide come in at Morecambe Bay? I don't believe I... Folk drown. You are becoming morbidly fond of that metaphor. There's a new batch sent in from the workhouse. Albert Wilson, 49, Church of England. Elizabeth Dobson, 19, Church of England, James. Only one Roman Catholic Irish. Sarah Collins. No, this isn't a boat. You're not on a boat. Didn't they tell you at the workhouse that you were going to an asylum? Not a boat. Well, you can't trust them. There's some awfully devious people around here. When they threw me out of that mill, they said it was something about my behaviour, but I knew. From Billy to Jack. When they put me in that cart, I thought they were going to shove me in a boat on Thailand. Listen, Sarah, you're safe here. I don't like lakes and I can't abide the sea, so if you're anywhere near me, you won't be on the boat. They treated me like a lunatic in that workhouse. We don't believe in that here. You're lucky. You could have been sent to Lancaster Moor. Don't expect a room of your own and maid service, my day, Dr Carstairs. Well, we do have a rather burgeoning population. <laughs> Nevertheless, what you can expect from us is nutritious food, plentiful exercise and gainful employment. And what we expect from you, Sarah, I may call you Sarah. It's my name. Well, we do insist on civility from staff and inmates. We expect you to play a part in working towards your recovery. And we expect to make a difference, however long it takes. We also believe in productive leisure. Now, I, be, I see from your notes that you're not literate, however there are other pastimes. We have weekly dances, for oh, example. I don't dance. Well... I don't mind a bit of music, though. Ah, good. Well, we all do have a very talented musician here, do we not, Matron? Uh, he's also a fellow countryman of yours. Uh, would you mind asking him in, please? Now, you appear to have a fairly robust constitution, uh, though you have clearly been living on a poor diet for some time. Oh! Oh! oh that's him! You said I was safe, you lying old Help. bitch! Help me! Oh! You let him Help. come for me! John Birmingham, 19, Irish, labourer, admitted July 1853. Disorder, mania. Discharged, recovered, January 1854. George Fitzgibbon Lysart, admitted September 1857, mania. Removed by his sister, 1858, unrelieved. Kelly S, female, mania, admitted, 1868.
you're thinking. <laughs> I can hear it bouncing around in your big empty head. And they have a laundry that they put your work in it. <laughs> Parlour maid. Laundry maid. Parlour maid. Laundry maid. Parlour maid. Laundry maid. Parlour maid. around you, you know? No. They're having to build a new extension. Did you know that? Well, who'd have thought there'd be so many mad people in Lancashire and half of them Irish? I was chatting to Carstairs the other day and he was asking me if I didn't think there was something in the Irish character that made them go mad at the drop of a hat. But that's not exactly what he said, but I told him he might be right. If you were to throw a wall around Kilbegan, wouldn't be much different to here. Oh, you see, Miss Collins, what we expect ourselves to be is what we become. Yeah, she doesn't agree with them, the matron, but then she doesn't agree with much that doesn't come out of her own mouth. It's all to do with us being over here, she thinks. Life in England is a race. We're the ones hobbling along at the back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind them thinking I'm mad. I'm not. But I'm safe in here. The walls are thick and the windows are locked and they won't get me in here, so I'll just let them keep thinking, you know? If you could see the sea from the windows, it'd be... He used to stand by the windows with his violin. <laughs> All innocent, Maria. Signalling to them with his music, telling them where I was. Well, he's gone now. They had to take him away. He was tearing the place to bits, looking for his bow. <laughs> I still have a brain in my head. Telling you that. Telling you that. Edmund Caravan, transferred Whittingham Asylum, March 28th. Collins. Sarah Collins. Oh, here! Here I am, sir!
Yeah.